Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cover. I'm your host, John Robb, here joined by my ever-colorful co-host, Jeff Ayers. Jeff, how you doing? Doing great. Hope you are doing well also. We are doing good. we got Halloween coming up here in a couple days. Things are getting spooky and things are getting weird. Not like they haven't been weird. But we want to remind everybody (laughs) that all of our shows are brought to you by Suspense Magazine. So please make sure you visit suspensemagazine.com for more information on what we got going on. And please don't forget our publisher's weekly starred-reviewed book called Nothing Good Happens After Midnight with Jeffrey Deaver and Linwood Barkley and Reese Bowen and... Uh, John Lesquois, Heather Graham, many others that will come out November the 17th. You can pre-order it now. So that's nothing good happens after midnight. But we have a great show for you today. We are going to be speaking for the first time with an um, award-winning author and best-selling author, Irene Hannon, as she's going to be talking about her latest book called Point of Danger. So that's going to be exciting. So, Jeff, you ready to go? I am. And um, if she is... Um she hasn't run away yet. This is good. <laughs> That's good. So, Irene, if you haven't run away, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm still here. I'm looking forward to talking with you both. Good, good, good. So, awesome. this again, this is the first time we've spoken to you, um, but we know, of course, I, I've seen many of your books come over and uh, from Ravel, uh, your publisher, and it's, it's fabulous to be able to talk to you because um, – this book here is definitely in the wheelhouse of kind of what Jeff and I do. Uh, you know, radio talk show host Eve Riley has a little bit of problems, some disgruntled listeners. We're not quite in that boat. You just never know. But So give us a little bit about what you got going on here. Yeah, so this book is, is actually the first book in a, in a new suspense series that I'm doing called Triple Threat. And the name of the series comes from the fact that there are three sisters, and each one will be featured in a different book. And they're, they're all three involved in sort of truth-seeking professions that end up putting them in the line of fire. So this is the first book. But I should say to any of the listeners out there, if you hear series first book and think, oh, I don't want to commit to a series because I don't want to have to read however many books, I want to reassure everyone that when I write a series, there is a linking element. In this case, it's the sisters. So all the sisters are in all three books, but the sister who is featured takes center stage and the other two sort of play a secondary role. So every book stands alone. It can be read. The story begins in the, at, the, at the beginning and it ends, and there are no hanging plot threads. So I just like to clear that up early on because some people hear series and just thought, oh, I don't want to deal with that. So that's not an issue. So in this book... Uh, Eve Riley is a she's a conservative talk radio show host, and the book starts with a pretty exciting scene because she comes home one day and finds a ticking package on her front porch. So of course the police get involved, and that enters our romantic uh, hero, who is Brent Riley. He's a police detective, and he starts to investigate the situation, and other incidents begin to happen as well, and it becomes clear that someone wants to silence Eve's voice maybe permanently. So the story involves the investigation into that, trying to find out who is behind these threats and to try to do it before they do turn lethal. So that's the gist of the story. Nice. Well, I'm curious because, um, and uh, I told John this before we went on the air, um, I just found out today that my agent has uh, got a book proposal of mine out to several publishers. So... um, I'm very excited about that and about to bounce That's off walls. Great. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I'm curious about Ravel as a publisher. 
Um, since you're dealing with the romantic elements and you've got suspense going on, um, with the publisher, how much, um, I, I guess, how far can you go in terms of the romantic elements, the graphic of violent elements, things like that, or is that all sort of toned down? Well, and you're asking this question because Ravel, of course, is known as a Christian publisher. So um, um, I was going to, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly right. You know, um, I think that there's this probably, I would say, misconception about Christian fiction if people have never read it because it's come a long way in the last couple of decades. And so what you have, and, and this is how I write my books, I, I write from a Christian worldview, basically. So my books don't have any uh, vulgarity they don't, or profanity. They don't have any graphic love scenes, definitely a lot of sexual tension in my romances, but no graphic love scenes. And there is violence, but it's not the blood, gore kind of violence. And it's funny, I, a number of years ago, I happened to have a chance to hear Mary Higgins Clark speak. And, of course, she was sort of the queen of suspense for many years. And she didn't have any of those elements in her books either. She wrote for a traditional New York publisher, but she didn't include those elements either. And during the Q&A, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, someone got up, and they asked her about that directly. They said, you know, your books are kind of different because the thing to do now is to include all that stuff in your books, and you don't do that. And could you tell us why you don't? And I loved her answer. She said, because you don't need them to tell a good story. And I never forgot that, and it's kind of my philosophy as I write my books, because I really don't think you have to get into that kind of detail with violence or bedroom scenes in order to tell a really compelling story. So I've never been pulled back by Ravel about nice. anything I've written, and I've written some fairly gritty romances, some fairly gritty suspense novels, had some pretty scary villains, but... I don't go over the over the edge with it, I guess. So I've never been pulled back with anything I've written. Oh, I like that. Okay. Um, so back to point of danger, and thank you because I thought that was a wonderful answer. Um, did Eve come to your mind first, or did Brent come to your mind first in terms of the story? Definitely Eve, because I started with the concept of I need to I want to do a a series about three sisters. I had done in other series other combinations. I had done three brothers. I had done two brothers and a sister. I'd done best friends. I'd done college roommates. And I thought, I've never done three sisters. So I started with that as my initial thinking process. And so the three sisters were who came to me first. And I decided who they were and what their professions were. And then the love interest sort of followed who, who would be appropriate for them to meet. And it was actually kind of fun because the third, the third book in the series is about the youngest sister. And she's a forensic pathologist uh, in rural Missouri. So I have fun with the sisters. There is a great relationship, and they're always teasing each other. And she's, of the three of them, the one probably who's most interested in finding someone to marry and settle down with. And she's always complaining to them, and I lo- they're always teasing her because they're like, 
Well, where do you think you're going to meet anybody? Everybody you deal with is dead. And so they're always giving her a really hard time because she's always, that's what she does for a living. But um, the sisters definitely came to me first. And so once I had Eve's, Eve in mind for, for the first book, the um, conservative talk radio show thing just seemed to be the kind of profession that would – I didn't want her to be in law enforcement. I've done a lot of that. I wanted her to have something really different, and this one – but it had to be a profession where she could be possibly in danger. And mm-hmm. this one occurred to me, and I thought, well, you know, in the world we live in today, that could definitely be a, a job that could put you in the line of fire. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you, I, you know, of course, when you just think about radio talk show hosts that this could happen to, I think Howard Stern's name comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot because of you know how how he was, but mm-hmm. what I'm always intrigued by romantic expenses is that you authors have to do two things at the same time, which is you know you have to have that romantic element, but then you also have to keep it suspenseful because you know you have fans. Otherwise, it just becomes a romance book. So you have to keep the fans engaged with you know with the detectives and and with all the crime and everything that are going on. So how are you able to balance? You know, make sure that the romance is in there, make sure that the suspense is really in there, and it kind of balances itself out throughout the book so somebody can't say, oh, that was too romantic, or a romance person will say, oh, you know, that was, that was too gritty. Well, that's a great question, and um, I actually had a review. It was probably three or four romantic suspense books ago, and it was, it was by one of the prestigious review sites, and it was, um, it was a male writing the review, and he, he kind of, it was, a, it was a positive review, but at the end he said, you know, I just I couldn't decide if it was suspense or romance. I don't know, maybe it would have been better to concentrate on one or the other. And when I first read that review, I was thinking, oh, gee, you know, maybe I didn't do a good job with this. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized, hey, that's a compliment. If he couldn't figure out which it was. That's right, exactly if you had to struggle with it, then you got them both. That's exactly right. So you do have to think about the balance when you're writing it. It can't lean too heavily one way or the other. So the suspense, when I write a romantic suspense, the suspense is always there and always in the background. Even in the romantic scenes, it's kind of they're talking about the whatever's going on or there's, there's some element of suspense there. And I'm really careful when I end a suspense scene to leave it, leave it on sort of a Leave the reader wondering, okay, well, wait, don't stop there. What's going to happen next? And then I'll go into a little quieter scene and bring mm-hmm. them back to the suspense in the next scene. So you have to – it is kind of a dance to weave it in and out and to keep people engaged, but you just keep, keep that suspense element thread all the way through as you're writing it, and it seems, it seems to work fine. And it's kind of fun because, you know, a lot of the things that happen when you're in a very stressful, suspenseful situation, like your heart pounds and your breathing gets erratic and, you know, your fingertips tingle and all these things happen. Well, it's the same kind of things that happen in a romantic situation, but from a whole different perspective. So a lot of there is, there's more similarity than people actually realize. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing that comes to mind real quick for me whenever I think like romantic suspense, too, is basic instinct. That was a romantic mm-hmm. book with a lot of thriller, suspense, of course, elements in it. The only thing that they do which is different for the male viewer to do it is they have to make the, the romance very sexual explicit and, mm-hmm. and those types of things. So the, so, the, so the male, I think, audience doesn't feel like, oh, this is just too much, you know, goody-goody romance. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I always kind of, but it's like Basic Instinct is a romantic thriller book. I mean, or movie. That's what it is. Yes, it is. And, you know, the stakes in that one are really high, and there's a lot, there's, quite a bit of action in that book. Yeah. Um, it, it's also got a lot of psychological elements, and, and mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I try really hard in my books to do is to to sort to stress the psychological part of suspense because you can have all these action scenes and car chases, and, and I've read books like this where somebody gets shot or shot upon or thrown off a cliff or there's a car chase. Every scene is like that, and... One of the problems with that is after a while you kind of get numb, you get numb to that. It loses its impact. Yeah. So when you write a romantic suspense novel, one of the, the nice parts about the scenes where you're developing, developing the relationship is that you give the reader a chance to kind of take a deep breath, calm mm-hmm. down a little bit, and then get ready for the next scene because right. I do think it loses the impact to have one thing after another happening. Like James Bond movies do that all the time. They're very... They're very successful. People like that. But if you're trying to really sustain a book, um, I think you have to, and you want, you want those, those scenes to have the highest impact. There has to be a little bit of break between them. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to follow up a little bit on that because um, I will admit that I'm a huge Hallmark fan. I watch all of the movies. He does. He loves the Harmon channel. I love them. I watch the That is his guilty pleasure. Yeah. So don't hold that against me. Um, But I, when I think, when I think about contemporary romances, like those, like the kinds you write, and then putting that in with the romantic suspense, I really don't see much of a difference because in terms, in, in my opinion, when you have a contemporary romance, in order for the story to succeed, you have to have conflict between the you characters. You have to have tension somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm curious if you, could, if you could follow up a little bit on just sort of the differences, because I, I sort of see them as the same, honestly. Well, you're right, because I, I also write in the contemporary romance genre, uh, in addition to writing right. romantic suspense, so I, and I alternate between the two. But you have to. But conflict has to be part of any story. I don't care. I don't care what genre you write in. Um, you name it. It's got to be there because that's what propels a story forward. If you don't have the characters trying to overcome some sort of obstacle, there's no story. Uh, you know, it, it, that's that's what makes a story. And when I write when I write romantic suspense, one of the things that lets me do is to put these characters into really high-pressure situations, which, which is a way to bring out their best and their worst qualities very fast. And so, you know, they don't have the luxury of quiet dinners and long walks and all those kinds of things. They have to get to know each other on a quick and timetable. But every story that you write has to have those elements of conflict. And in, in a contemporary romance, it's more typically on an, the, the conflicts are more of an interpersonal kind of thing versus mm-hmm. somebody's life being in danger. Because I always tell people in my contemporary romances, there's plenty of drama in those, but it's of a different, sort of a different nature. There's nobody with a gun pointing at some, nobody's pointing a gun at anybody. But you still have to have the conflict. And that's true even, mm-hmm. even in my um, romantic suspense, there's the external conflict of the plot of somebody's 
trying to do something bad, and, and they have to stop them. But there's also the relationship itself that I'm developing. There, there's conflict on that level, too. So it's, it's kind of a double conflict in romantic suspense. Okay, that's cool. I, I just had a flash of i got to save the bakery from the, uh, the owner or from a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but thank you. No, that that actually helped me a lot. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. One of the one of the other things that uh, John and I have a long conversation about. Here it comes. Uh, he, he, he is expecting this question. Series versus standalone. Why do you prefer writing in a series? I think that I would probably be happy writing either way. But what I have found is that I do it more for readers than for me because what I have found, what readers have told me, is that they get very invested in the characters and the world that you create, and they love coming back to that. In fact, what I often do, because most of my suspense novels, in fact, all but one, are set in the same location. So I'm able, for readers who've been reading my books, all along to weave in even characters from previous series. The new readers don't know it, but the old readers love it. And apparently readers just like that familiarity. They like returning to the characters they've already met. They like going back to a place they've already seen. So the series seemed to just draw readers even more than a standalone book does. And, and like I said, I do it for them. I'd be happy writing either way, but the reader, that's what readers seem to like. And, that, and, and that's true, and I think that a lot of readers do. I myself, I've always said this, Jeff is more of a series guy. I am what you call a closed series reader. I like to know that the series is going to have an end, three books, five books, seven books, whatever, and then that's it, because then I can get a conclusion. But when I get strung out on 25 books, then I just feel like, you know, you're just taking me for a ride that's never going to end. And I'm, right. <laughs> I'm like, right. and yeah, and I'm like, you know, I kind of feel like, Chevy Chase and European Vacation. It's like Big Ben Parliament. Like they just keep going around the same story. Yep, seen that already. We're gonna see something new. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I think, that, I, I think that's a good point. I think, like, none of my series, none of my suspense series are longer than three books. That, yeah. to me, seems just like the right number of books to do for a series because, like I said, all of mine stand alone. But still, after three books, it's kind of time to move on. I, that's an interesting thing. I have the, the current um, romance series that I'm doing, I expected it to be a short number of books, too, and that one has been so widely embraced that I'm now book number seven will be out next year. They're all standalones too. But Good. for suspense, the three book that just seems to work very well for me, and readers seem to like that. I do think some readers are more along um, your lines, Jeff. Where I, I think Jeff, I think it was Jeff. I can't see you, but yeah, I think Jeff. What Jeff had said about you get you get tired after I like a while. Series. Yeah, um, and I yeah. think that. After a while, you start to lose a few readers just because there's a little fatigue that sets in. So three books seems just about right to me. Yeah. So in point of danger, and I'm all, and, you know, and I'm a villain guy. I always think that the villains really make the story because the hero sometimes, you know, pretty much has to follow. There's always some rules. Villains can kind of do whatever they want. You can be really creative with them. So when you are creating, you know, the villain in this story, are there certain elements that you like to make sure that they have? Uh, how much attention do you really kind of focus to the to that character? 
you know, it, it depends on the story. Um, in this book, what I, one of my goals with this book was to create a number of credible characters who had, a number of characters who had credible motives to want Eve Riley gone. And so I did. I developed several characters, and I introduce them to the reader. I take readers inside their head, and I do that in all my books. I like to take readers into multiple characters' heads. And, and I wanted the reader to think, okay, well, wait, wait, this person could be the one. This could be the one. They have a reason to want to do this. And so for this book, that was my goal, was to create all these characters that the reader would have to sort through to figure out who they think might actually be behind this. And I still, in the end, wanted to surprise people. I'm not one of these authors who pulls a villain out of a hat at the end of the book. I've read so many reviews of people who say, wow, I didn't see that coming. This character, I would have never guessed that this character was a villain. And I'm thinking after I read the book, well, I wouldn't either because they were never in the book. You know, <laughs> I don't right. think that's really fair to readers to do that. So I try not to do that. So in this book, I had multiple people with credible motives. But I have also written suspense novels where I tell the reader the villain right at the beginning. It's not a secret. That's not where the suspense is coming from. The suspense is will the villain succeed in what they have planned. And in those cases, I delve very deep into the villain's psyche and take the reader right with me so that the reader knows a whole lot more than the hero or the heroine, which I think ratchets up the tension because they're sitting on the edge of their seat trying to talk to the hero and heroine saying, wait, wait, don't do that because I know what's, I know something you don't know. And so, you know, I've done it a lot of different ways with the villain. Sometimes they tell the reader who it is, sometimes they don't. In this book, I did not. But it's, it's just whatever seems to fit the story best. You write a lot about... Uh, military guys and police. I'm wondering, in terms of research, do you uh, actually talk to people who have those backgrounds and professions? Yes, I do. You know, I, I, write, I always tell people, I write fiction, but many of the agencies, the organizations, the protocols that I write about are real. So I want to be sure that I portray the real parts of the story accurately. So I do huge amounts of research. When I finish a suspense book, I usually have about 100 single-space typed pages of research notes and citations. And I use a tiny fraction of that in my books because, because the reader doesn't want to know all those details. I need to know it to write credibly about those subjects. And so I, ha I do all of that research. A lot of that is online, but I also have developed over the years an incredible array of sources that I can go to directly to ask questions of that I need that are specific for my story. You know, FBI agent, police detectives, U.S. marshal, um, uh, private investigators. I mean, I've got forensic pathologists. I've got this huge list of people now that I can go to, and and I always do that. I worked very closely with a forensic pathologist on book three in this book, uh, in this series, and. Because I don't want to make mistakes. If you make mistakes, readers will find them and they will tell you about it. Yes, they so will. Am, oh, yep. Yes, they will. And so I work very hard to make sure that the, the factual parts of my book are correct. So I do call on my sources. And um, I can tell you one quick story. I don't know if we're running out of time. but No, keep going. We love stories. Book, okay, yeah, absolutely. My very first book, 
very, very suspenseful was actually very ambitious. It was a <laughs> dual continent setting set half in Afghanistan, half on the east coast of the U.S. Uh-huh. It involved a, a diplomat's daughter in a terrorist plot and, and the FBI's hostage rescue team, which a lot of people don't know about, that, about those guys, and it is all guys, but they are the, the civilian equivalent of Navy SEALs. They are just amazing. The training is mm. incredible. So I did a lot of research on them. And after I wrote that book, it had been out for a while, and I got an email from a reader, and the email was complimentary about the book. And then, then the person wrote, the only thing I would tell you is that I, I didn't chew on the end of a cigar. I chewed tobacco. And I thought, okay, that's a strange email. Then I looked at the signature line, and it was from a farmer hostage rescue team commander who happened to have the first same first name as my fictional commander. Oh. And I did not know that. My research did not turn that up. So I sent him a note back real quick, and I said, I'm so glad you liked the book, but I do want you to know this book was not based on you. I didn't know there was any <laughs> It ain't all about you, dude. <laughs> yeah, and so he wrote me back. And he said, he said, well, that's okay. But he said, the funny thing is you sort of captured my personality. That's really how I am. And then he went on to say, and he said, I, I, I'm not going to ask you your sources because I don't think that's fair. But he said, I do want to tell you, commend you on your research because you got everything right, right down to the radio call signals that we use on missions. And so that was so gratifying because I try so hard to get it right. And to hear that from him was just an amazing experience. So I guess the long answer to your question, that is but cool. I am a, a stickler oh, for research. Yeah. Now, That's I have awesome. a quick question. How, have any of your books been made into movies or TV yet? Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? No, has not happened yet. I think it has to get okay. noticed by the right person in Hollywood or something. I'm not sure how people make that happen. I think sometimes it's a fluke. I've had a few little inquiries, but nothing's ever actually turned into a real deal. Well, if it were to happen, would you rather see? Is there? Would you rather see um, like a certain series? And if you would, whether it be, would you rather see it like in TV, or would you rather see just a movie? I think I'd rather see a movie. I'd rather. I think I'd rather. Yeah, I mean, most authors. Would you say eighty percent of the authors say movie? Yeah. I'd say absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, you know, it's and I'm the 20%. I, I, I said TV because then it goes on longer. But, man. Well, it does. Yeah, yeah. it does go on longer in TV. You know, it's probably because in the back of your mind you're thinking somehow there's a more prestige attached to a movie deal than there would be to TV. But I'll tell you what, either huh. one would be great. <laughs> yeah. Do you have one in mind? Like if somebody were to ask you and say, okay, Irene, give us one of the – give us a series in your romantic suspense series – Give us one. Which one would you give them to say, this is the one that I think you should look at first? Well, you know, it's hard to say for this. It's hard to do, think of the series idea because each book does really stand alone. So they'd be very different stories. I'd almost mm-hmm. rather see individual um, individual books made into a movies. I think the one that probably would have the most commercial appeal but probably be, would also be the most expensive one to make would be Against All Odds, which was the first one that I just mentioned that had the hostage yeah. rescue team and the, the Afghanistan thing and, you know, the uh, terrorist plot. I, that would have fairly... So you would want to do the Heroes of Quantico series probably first? Um, well, certainly cool. that book... 
that book for sure. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I like all my books. It would be very hard for me to pick and say, well, you should do this series. Yeah, I like see? All, so. I, but sometimes you have to pick the best kid. Because, you know, well, yeah, that's true. They're, not, they're <laughs> not all 100% equal, are they? I mean, there's always a well, little bit of here and there. <laughs> I mean, I have children, so I have to say, but it doesn't make a difference because now I have a granddaughter, so she's at the top anyway, so the rest of them, and they already know that, so it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. You know, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, all the books are very different from each other, and they all have their fans. So if you would ask readers, you'd probably get a whole array of choices, too, because everybody yeah. likes something a little bit different. Some some readers don't like the books where I reveal the, the um, villain right up front as much, and I love those because I get to do this cool that's, psychological That's like the Columbo style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's more about why is this person doing that? And a lot of those, there are several of those villains I've written who are very nuanced people and have much to admire about them, and they end up yeah. being villains for various reasons. And so I love those kind of books, but I, I have readers who prefer being surprised at the end. So I try to, try to vary it up so that I, I make everybody happy. <laughs> Cool. So, com is your website, and that's the best place for everyone to go and find out everything about you, correct? Yes, and, and in terms of social media, Facebook is my place. That's where I, I, I was I'm just going to ask, which one do you do the most? Yeah, yeah, okay, so yeah I'm Facebook. on several, but that's the, one I love. that's the one where I really interact with readers. Nice. So, the book, everyone, again, is called Point of Danger. It is the first in the Triple Threat series. That will be probably three books. Um, and it will be three books. Absolutely. It will be, th- will be three books. <laughs> now, um, is it available? Is it available in audio? Yes, it is. So it's available. How you know? However, whatever format you want, you can get it now. So again, Point of Danger, first book, Triple Threat series. Irene, we want to thank you so much for coming on. It has been a pleasure to speak with you for the first time. Please, you must come back. I would love to. Thank you so much. All right. Oh, it's a thrill. Thank you. Have a good night. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you all. all right. so, thank you both so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.